Hello and welcome to the latest instalment of Rounds Rant. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Weathan, who is a DJ and producer. Weathan has worked with artists such as Dua Lipa, Group Love and Oliver Tree, while most recently has been preparing for the release of his first official album called Fantasy. So thanks a million for coming on the show to have a chat, Weathan, and how are you keeping today? I'm doing pretty amazing. It's a beautiful sunny day. Couldn't be much better right now, honestly. That's good to hear in Dublin. Not that I'll surprise you. We actually have a storm hitting us right now. So a lot of rain, (laughs) a lot of rain, a lot of wind, but we're used to it. We're we're more than used to it, to be honest. (laughs) Nice. And usually like how I start most of the podcasts is I ask about childhood and experiences, but with your background and with the music side of things, like when you think back to your early age or early stages of your life, was there was there ever like a moment or was there a particular person or friend or family member that led you into music or got you interested into music? Um, I have one family member who still works in the music industry. He uh, was a drummer in a band back when I was like super young, probably like 10, 11, 12. And he transitioned into making merchandise for bands and still does. But he, right around the same time I started really getting interested in music, he was able to take me to this concert called Warp Tour, which were a lot of like, you know, metal bands and, and, and hardcore music. And at the time they had started putting DJs at the stages and I got my first taste of, you know, what it was like to kind of go backstage and, and see like a whole crowd experience i had never really been to many concerts before that so that just kind of as i was starting to get into music after seeing that there was just no looking back and like with the warp tour it's kind of like a i've heard like green day and the likes of some of those punk bands who started off and they consider it some sort of a traveling circus where a bunch of, <clears throat> a bunch yeah, of bands travel around and did that just get you into music straight away did you pick up guitar or were you just kind of like okay this whole idea of music actually interests me because like say when i first got into music myself i picked up guitar because that's what my favorite bands were doing i was looking at the guitar and being like oh i want to try that but obviously you came on to be a dj and you know produce a lot of songs and records but like did you immediately go okay i want to be a dj or were you thinking oh i wouldn't mind you know learn an instrument maybe being a part of a band one day i had like little tastes of like playing an instrument here and there like that my uncle who I was talking about he got me a drum set when I was very young and I never really stuck with it too much um I tried picking up the violin in 4th grade and I never really stuck with it I just tried guitar a tiny bit I do love guitar I kind of wish I was a better guitar player or could play guitar actually but other than that it nothing really clicked until I kind of just picked up a computer and it was it was GarageBand and Ableton that really just kind of like became overall my real instrument. It's crazy. Yeah, and I guess that's one of the the big things that's definitely worked in your favor and obviously feel free to disagree with me, but just the access you've had to the likes of GarageBand and all these other interfaces. I know the top things of Pro Tools and stuff like that, but like it was so accessible to just lay down a beat and you know, put your own stamp on a certain song, create your own songs. And like your claim to fame came from that remix you did on SoundCloud um, those few years ago. And like even to this day, SoundCloud SoundCloud may not be the major player it once was, but it's still the home to so many remixes and collabs that just kind of are, I don't want to say under the radar, but there is a lot of still great music being produced on that. But 
you posted a remix on that and within several hours like i'm sure it was surreal at the time like there was thousands and thousands of listens and eventually blew up and like how quick was that because you see it so much now whether it's in music or even like even social media now with the access people have you people's lives can pretty much change in a day or two if they release the right song or the right incident happens for better or worse so like how quickly did it go from as you were saying just messing around making beats on your laptop to suddenly wow i actually have created something where you know millions of people now are getting access to and people are going to start taking an interest into your actual work yeah, it was pretty surreal. I mean, it, it did feel, looking back on it now, so quick. Like, everything happened so fast. You know, it was a matter of me putting out one, that basically that one remix, not having almost anything out on the internet before that, aside from a random couple little beats. And instantly, you know, going on things like that don't even exist anymore, this app Vine. I would go on Vine, and every clip I would see would be these sports montages, and it would be my song. You know, and it would literally be the most surreal thing, getting like millions of views like every hour. And like, it was just mind blowing. And then, you know, people like Zed's Dead, these other DJs who they got a hold of the track and played it at this giant festival. And, you know, at, at that time, I really didn't know what I was doing. I really didn't. I didn't think the music I could make could hold up on like big speakers. So it was, it was crazy. I was just making it on my laptop, basically in my, you know, my bedroom at my parents' house. And like, was there a stage where, because just for say people who aren't aware, you're, you're 21 now. Yeah. So like this all happens at an outrageously early age for like a DJ to gain this exposure and this traction with some of their music. Like, was it a case where you were still, and because I've watched a few documentaries or heard a few interviews where there's kind of a bit of a, a freedom to being a DJ as opposed to maybe being in a band or tied to a label. Like, did you still have a good bit of freedom for the several months that followed? Or did you find that whether it was labels or people within the industry started to crowd around you? Like, did you still have the freedom to make your own stuff? Or did you find that once one of the tracks got quite successful that you found other people were trying to lead you down different paths? Yeah. So as soon as that remix kind of blew up, I was about 15 or 16 at the time. And I started to get hit up by, you know, several managers just, on Facebook or the internet, you know, on SoundCloud and different labels wanting to sign me. And, and for the longest time, I think I'd, I knew and I ended up really loving a manager who's still my manager to this day. And we kind of knew that we wanted to keep it pretty um, independent, you know, if you will, and not sign to a label or give everything out. And we were actually able to release two of my first singles um, independently. We still own them through uh, this program stem. So, you know, there was kind of this freedom and I think there still is a freedom. I'm signed to Atlantic right now and, and they're amazing. And I'm, I'm able to still put out the music I want to make at the end of the day. So I feel like there is always that freedom for me at least. Okay. And do you find that like, you'd be much more in the know than the rest of us. Like, do you find that that's still a case where, especially now, and I'm sure now with the music industry facing kind of an uncertain future as to when the next shows will be, what the future will look like. And I think everyone in every walk of life is asking those questions. But do you find that, especially with releasing music, and that is the one thing even, say, during this uh, COVID-19 virus, you know, music can still be released. People can still gain access to their favorite artists and listen to it, whether it's on Spotify, YouTube, Apple, whatever. Like, do you still find that you still have that 
responsibility and also that ability just to be in control of your own music and as you said be flexible and not pressurized into being like okay you've two three weeks we want to have one single or one remix out in three weeks you've got to publish it then do you find that you know i can relax i can release my music when i want to release this or is there still that outside pressure where you always have to keep releasing it to keep the fans and to keep momentum going i think it's a little bit of a mixture of both i think it's kind of there is a little bit of a pressure because while the whole world is in a similar situation um you know there are people who can thrive and will continue to put out you know music and there is this other side that's, you know, looking at what's going on and it definitely, what I, I think, and personally what I'm dealing with is it kind of made you re take a step back and kind of regroup and look at some of the things you actually have and, and kind of re-strategize how you're going to put some of this stuff out. At least for me, it definitely did. It kind of didn't really change the music I had coming out per se too much. I feel like most of the music I have coming out, I've been working on for so long. And I think some of the messages behind them actually ring true now more than ever, you know, and especially a time of whatever you, you know, feel. But I think having something, you know, with a positive energy and a light to possibly dance to or, or get you motivated, you know, in this time is, is good. Yeah, no, I agree. And that's, that leads me on to just one of the questions on <clears throat> Instagram. Someone asked, like you look around, say, California, you've got different type of producers. You've ones that would be kind of songwriters would really put their stamp on it. You then have, say, the likes of, say, Travis Barker, who'd be mixing and matching with all different types of acts and being influencer on song while maybe just having a word or two to say about the song like what type of role do you play say when you're a producer when someone asks you oh i want help on this track or come in and you know just spread your spread your ears over this and see what you can do do you focus on the music side do you look at a bit of lyrics do you look at the structure do you just simply have a second opinion what's what's the kind of routine you have or kind of the strategy you have when you go in as a producer yeah, so I'm. I mean, me personally, I'm pretty all over the place um, in terms of like roles. I kind of take on the role of also whatever is needed to. You know, sometimes you know, with Oliver, he may have a whole song idea that he may have worked on by himself, and it may sound pretty much done. But he just wants a little extra. You know, maybe the drums in the section just need to sound better, or maybe you know the guitars need to sound cooler, or we need like a better bass. You know, whatever that is, I feel like I'm always good in those situations. But with my own music too, I'm also like full hands-on. I'll get sent pretty much just a vocal from an artist, mm -hmm. you know, song. Sometimes it's over like a guitar. Uh, but most of the time, I'll kind of just strip it all the way down to just what the song is. And I'll just experiment for sometimes days, sometimes weeks, and just find the best sounding kind of it's basically like a remix in a way yeah and i find a lot of modern music is that experience of like writing a song and and finding a cool way to present it you know yeah and like even like personally myself like some of the you've got quite a diverse range of songs and sounds and like you can look at say your single with group love or else you can go back to say like hurting on purpose that's one of one of the ones on my iphone at the moment that's on repeat like uh, this heavy bass and some of them there's yeah some are a bit more stripped back 
So, like, do you find, say, the creative process, say someone sends you just a, a vocal melody and it's just a cappella, you have to come up with the rest of the instrumentation. Do you find yourself, since that you've been featured on such a diverse array of music and worked with so many different artists with different backgrounds in music, do you find yourself, like, sticking to one type of genre? You're like, okay, I want this to be kind of you know, jumpy, I wanted to have a good tempo, dance tempo, or do you find yourself sometimes having a slower tempo, more of a punk rock feel than more maybe of a dubstep type vibe, or is it very much you just juggle all the ideas around until one formulates and kind of sticks? Yeah, so kind of, I mean, kind of what you said at the end there, pretty much just throw them all around until one of them sticks. But honestly, the main thing with my music is, at least right now, the second but most of the time playing shows and performing with crowds and playing in clubs and that kind of thing is kind of where my mate like my brain is mostly going i want to make music that i can play at shows and play at parties and people will want to have a good time too and dance and and feel good and also feel emotional at the same time and and do all of those things and i feel like that always is kind of weighing over the back of my mind when making it but it definitely starts as kind of a anything can happen it's almost like best idea wins and it's pretty free too i I kind of i'll play things for people or i'll see how people react to certain things and that's kind of one of the beauties of playing shows that i miss is being able to test out different songs live in front of an audience and see how they respond because i think you get a really good idea for what to do what can make the song better or you know what's just working and what's not Mm, and is that is that how you would mostly gauge your response or reaction to it? Because I know it's so immediate now, whether it's stuck up on Instagram or Twitter or even YouTube comment sections, et cetera, et cetera. But like, especially with dance music and the live performance with DJs and, you know, say, for instance, whenever I've gone to a, 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 a dance, like a Chemical Brothers or like a Daft Punk type show. Yeah, it's, love it's the Chemical very, Brothers and Daft Punk. Yeah, it's very hard no matter, even if you're not a massive fan, it's just you're going there for the vibe, the the emotional reactions you'd be getting from a dance show, which are mostly positive, which is why I think so many people go. But like, do you find yourself, because you can definitely see when you're there behind the, the desk playing your songs, one song you'd be like, right, the crowd are going absolutely, they're really getting behind this, they're going bananas. And then you go into the next track and then there's that dip. Do you think, right, I may need to actually revisit this and, you know, work on this? Or is it just a case of listen to horses for courses? Some crowds will like it, some crowds won't. Or do you actually take that type of response to heart and kind of go, okay, actually, maybe I need to make this song better or this drop better in the in the song? It's funny. It's a little bit of both. I think most of the time I take the uh, the crowd vibe and I'm like, okay, I think this could be better. You know, anything can kind of always be better. It's good to have that mindset. But at the same time, there is that like kind of confidence that you had or, you know, your inner ego where you're a little, you know, shook or rattled and you're kind of like, oh, I thought that was going to go off a little bit better. But it is kind of humbling at that same time. And you do get better at just dealing with the, the nulls in the set, so to speak. Definitely. I mean, it's, it's fun. It's a fun game. It's scary sometimes, but <laughs> it's that thrill. And I suppose, like, since you're... Oh, yeah, and what I was going to say, I was, I, I think a lot of... I rest what I realize a lot of my friends as DJs, too. I think a lot of people kind of go by that, too. I think people, like Skrillex, like, I've noticed he'll play out so many tracks that he's working on, and he'll get, like, an honest feedback from the crowd, and 
you know, he'll still work on it later on. And same with a lot of other people I know. It's always a never ending project, like cycle of like finishing something. It's never done until you say it's done. Yeah, no, I get you. And do you ever find, and as you mentioned, there's Skrillex and like you toured with Chainsmokers. You also have played in multiple festivals with massive acts involved. Like, is there any one or two moments where, like, because obviously being very well established at such a young age, but obviously being not exactly, you know, 40, 50 years of age and thinking, okay, I've mm-hmm. seen it all. I've, I've done it all. You're still probably a sponge where no matter who you meet, you're so open to ideas, which is definitely a plus uh, with the age on your side. But is there ever a time where someone gave you advice and you were like, I'm actually going to take that. That's actually really, really valuable advice that I'm going to take into a live performance or how I write my next song or how even just I approach the whole music side of my work? Absolutely. I feel like all the time there'll be moments. I mean, I do kind of think there's always this kind of know what you're all or like know it all attitude, but it doesn't really like, I never find that that actually works out for me. I feel like I always learn the most when I'm the most open and, and people who I trust giving me good advice in the right times. And I've definitely gotten some good advice from people who guided me in the absolute right direction. And you find that's, a lot more accessible because say if you're just an artist, say if you're a, a pop star or a bass player in a rock band, like you're pretty much going to be surrounding yourself with the same people, the same co-band mates, the same producer that you've been with for the last few albums. But since you've been so diverse with your work where one week you're preparing for the release of maybe your Wallflower EP, then the next week you're producing a song, then the next week you're torn with an act or you're going to a festival. Do you find that by doing and having such a busy schedule at you know such an early stage of your career, that just gave you the exposure to speed up your, not so much your progress, but your your whole career where you were exposed to so many different lifestyles, different styles of music, different styles of recording. Did that definitely help you and aid you going forward at such an early age? Absolutely. I love traveling and most of my life before DJing, I I didn't do too much traveling really at all outside of the United States, really, you know, and, you know, it was super eye opening to be able to just finally go and see other places in the world and other cultures and taste other food and, and just other music too. I was always so inspired by the Australian music scene and, you know, in the UK and everything. So it's, it was finally this, it was like more than I ever really thought, you know, I just, yeah. It helped. Yeah, it kind helped. Of blinked out there, but no, it was good. yeah. It really helped, and it, it kind of grounded me to showing me all other avenues of life that I wouldn't probably be able to do if I was just you know per se working alone in my room the whole time. So it's definitely something I couldn't take back. Yeah, no, I get you, and that that kind of leads me on to like your most recent album that's coming out very shortly called fantasy before that there was the ep the life of a wallflower yes and just even with that just really quickly on that so for those people who don't know like a single's a single an ep is kind of halfway between an album a single it's just a few songs that maybe weren't ready for an album or maybe since it was between the album release it's just kind of an extended play so to speak like what was mm-hmm. the thought process behind that was that a case of okay let's get some multiple songs out to my fans or was it kind of let's test the waters ahead of a proper album like how was that whole creative process and what was the goal behind that ep 
it was a bit of a test of waters kind of situation for sure. I'm usually very experimental. I'm always kind of like experimenting with different sounds until I end up landing on kind of one cohesive thing that kind of feels like an album. And, and Life of Wallflower was definitely a lot of, at least the first half of it was a big collection of just singles that I had already put out. And then the kind of second half that was newer, just kind of packaged it all together. You know, I felt like this era of my life that was not necessarily ending, but I was already kind of moving on to this futuristic sound that is now fantasy, which is coming out. But it just, it was linking in a way, but it, it, it felt kind of old. So I think it was time to package it up and move on for this debut album. Okay, so when you compare it to, say, some of the tracks on Fantasy, whether you look back at, say, the Wallflower tracks like Radar or some of the other and more popular singles off that, do you see, like, see there's a, is it a difference in actual sound? Is it the actual the vibe of how people will react to it? Or is it just, as you said, maybe a combination of everything? I think people will get a similar uh, maybe vibe reaction. Maybe people who are familiar with my stuff might, kind of understand but it's definitely nothing like radar or pretty much anything on life of wallflower it definitely has its own kind of fun futuristic modern light to it that is kind of hard to describe but i would say that it all has the same uplifting energy it's all very uplifting and then say focusing on the latest piece of work so fantasy coming up like has that pretty much been you know, like a year or two in the making ever since, say, Wallflower came out? Has that just been the sole goal? Being like, as you said, let's not try rush things. Let's just get a catalog of songs together that is just going to blow people's minds and really just hopefully make a statement as my first proper album. Yeah, that's 100% the plan. Right after Wallflower was done, it was, aside from the one song with Cape Flay hurting on purpose, which ended up dating back almost three years ago, it was a super old song that ended up just still feeling fresh and, and super new to me. And I'm so happy that finally got figured out. But all the songs that were pretty much made in the last year or two. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, Hurting on Purpose is it's a banger. So thank God that came, thank God that came out. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, and like, how has the creative process been? Because I'm sure when you go from being flexible and playing shows and helping out other people and mixing and matching so to speak when the attention finally turns to an album and you've got labels you've got you know friends producers everyone who's with you on your team focusing towards an album does that like did you find the whole creative process a bit more kind of challenging a bit more stressful since there wasn't there wasn't exactly a time limit on it but there was a, yeah. a certain goal ahead of you now where it's like, okay, I need to create stuff that's going to be put on an album. And when this album comes out, you know, there's a lot of people who've put a lot of time and effort into it that within itself will bring a bit of pressure to, you know, how I work towards it. Yeah, there were definitely moments that I felt like a little bit of pressure where I was like, man, I got to get this all done. I think I was setting the pressure on myself mostly. You know, as you said, there wasn't really a timeline. You know, I didn't really have a set date of when I needed to finish it. But in the back of my mind, I had been sitting with most of the songs for so long and I loved them all and I knew most of them were going to come out. And it was just a matter of like kind of that extra like 10% or 15% was like the hardest, you know, it was like finishing it was the last couple songs, finding out what really fits. And But most of the time I felt like was kind of this 
up and down kind of consistent wave of highs and lows of loving just like this rush of music and it, it was all just kind of flowing at really natural points in my life yeah no well said and it was there anyone in particular that helped you with the process with it like did you have multiple people on your team coming in to co-write or you know be that second set of ears in the room like was there many people or any names that helped you yes yeah, so, i mean i brought in i got two friends of mine who are incredible producers who i kind of brought in to be the guys to help me you know be the, i've been friends with them forever and they just made the most sense with this album i decided you know there is like i said this their own futuristic sound to it uh, but my friend tim randolph he's worked on a lot of imagine dragon stuff um and then my other friend grady who's an amazing writer and producer he's one of my best friends um they helped me uh we got a place in malibu and just decided to just finish the whole album, do everything we needed to pretty much almost get it to the final mix point and just be done with it there. And, and we pretty much left there with the album done. And did you revisit it all? Like once it was done, done? There were slight song uh, revisits um, with a few collaborations that just weren't 100% perfect and needed a little bit of extra love. Uh, but Basically, the ideas and everything, how it sounded pretty much was the exact okay. same. It was just little top-ups, little little changes. And on that, how important is it? So, like, this is someone who's having his, his debut album come out now shortly, where how important is it now where, as I said, exposure to music now, it's it's nearly easier than it's ever been that people can just access music, whether it's online or being sent through a phone, whatever. Like, how important is it to have, number one, people that you can trust, like whether it's a producer, whether it's a co-writer, whether it's just even a friend who just helps you out in the industry. And then also with that as well, during your creative process, not just having these yes, these yes people who would just be like, oh, that sounds great. That sounds great. When deep down, you're probably like, I don't know if it does. This could be five, 10% a bit better. Like, how important is it to have that trust there? but then also the people to actually elevate your song. So rather than being a 7 out of 10 song, it's a 9 or 10 out of 10 song because they actually were up front and said, you know what, you should change this. Yeah, honestly, it's the most important to me. I feel like the people I work with and want to surround myself with the most are the people that give it to you super straight. They just don't beat around the bush at all. And it, and it helps a lot. And sometimes it really does hurt your feelings. But at the end of the day, you know, when you really just realize that there's truth and you know other people's opinions do have value and it definitely you know if you don't take it so to heart in your ego you know there's amazing things that can happen i've found okay and has there been like a official i've read like a few things it's hopefully to come out in the next few months the album fantasy like is there a, a set month you have in mind a set date you have in mind or like I know a lot of people had plans to go on tours, back up albums with world tours. And obviously with the pandemic, it's changed how marketing will be structured and how albums will be released. Like, do you have a tentative date as to when you'd like this to be published or is it still being finalized a little bit? We've been kind of playing around a little bit with uh, when would really feel like the best time in the last couple little weeks here and I don't really have a specific date, but we've kind of been tolling with October. We think it could be out fully by then. And would the... Oh, but we definitely we got one more single coming for sure, though. 
you want to publish that in a few weeks' time to you know give give the fans a little mm-hmm. bit a little starter before the main course. Yeah, a very special and a very secret one. I'm excited okay. about and everything going well. Say it gets released at around that time. Hopefully, this pandemic gets the hell out of here and can get back to somewhat normality. Would the idea be to you know release that mark of that? And then go and play a good few shows and hopefully maybe a few months down the line then after that get over and play festivals and maybe go to europe absolutely i mean that is the ideal plan for sure no i haven't really heard anything back about you know when things can really jump into full swing again but that was definitely the plan when the album comes out play a bunch of shows i had a i mean i had a whole yeah honestly like there was a whole plan that was kind of put together um almost yeah a little bit right before kind of covid happened and everything went down but basically a whole tour planned a whole stage and everything kind of ready to go um which who knows you know it might have actually been i don't want to say better you know it doesn't sound right to say that but i think for myself that tour might have been a Mm. little rushed and now I, I was actually able to get a small break from touring and, and finally put the final touches on the music. So at least just on that end, for me, that was one positive to take mm. out of it. And like I, I've been listening to, whether it's interviews, podcasts, even some, some of my favorite artists are on Twitch playing, uh, playing games, giving fans updates. And like I speak on behalf of everyone. It is obviously a bizarre time. But like, save for musicians, DJs, producers, whatever field you're in in the music industry, like music and some of the some of the great work is whether if it's a solo artist or a DJ, some of the best stuff can be written through tough times, or it can be written when you know there's no other distractions, there's nothing else apart from you in your room for eight hours stuck with a laptop and some interfaces. So, do you find that? Like obviously the focus is fantasy, but do you think that this prolonged period, as you said, allowed you to top up towards making fantasy the best possible album it is, but it also maybe has given you a new kind of lease of life for say when fantasy is released, you actually have other stuff to work on that you've got to work on now, if that makes sense. Like is this kind of this recess for the last few months? giving you the opportunity to do stuff that you normally wouldn't be able to do because you'd be so hectic with scheduling tour and, and like marketing different songs and albums. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, the last couple of months I made a lot of music, you know, even a couple of them were able to even make it onto the album, you know, with me thinking it was done and then having, you know, one that I was doing in quarantine that ended up making it on. But yeah, I mean, also just realizing that this time is going to be a time of no touring and, you know, maybe take that as an opportunity to turn that into a bunch of amazing music instead of, you know, kind of dwelling on what could have been. Like me and Oliver Tree are currently looking at, you know, getting a place or a studio together and pretty much just locking in for this time that we're not going to be touring and just hopefully just making the most and best music we've ever made. Well, I'd be all for that. That sounds like a, <laughs> a studio I'd like to be hearing what's coming out of. It's one of the last one of the last things I'd say would be with say the album and I'm sure you're very excited because as I said it's been a long time coming to finally have, you know, an end game and kind of an end results and um, within your fingertips so to speak. But like are you the type of guy and 
I know I've referred to it a few times, like this has all happened very quickly and at such a young age that you've gone from just playing around with GarageBand to suddenly working with some of your favorite artists and traveling the world, as you were saying. Do you like? Do you have any goals that you want to get? So when you hit 25, when you get to 30, do you want to look back and say, you know what, I did that, I wanted to do this, or I sold this amount of records, or I got this amount of hits? Are you the type of guy that just goes, listen, as long as you... If, as long as I'm being creative, whether it's my own music or helping people with their other music or playing shows, I'm happy as that. Are you the type of guy that says, by 23, I want to be able to do this. I want to have two albums out. Like, What type of creative drive do you have behind your music? I'm a little bit more of, of the type that kind of is like, as long as I can be happy and, and be able to create the music I want to make and get to work with. You know, that's, I mean, even just working with all the artists I've gotten to work with is a bonus on top of just being able to create, you know, music every day and build a wake up healthy. And there definitely are a few goals that kind of are in the back of my mind that it'd be cool, you know, to go to the Grammys, maybe win a Grammy. And there's some slight life goals for sure. But I feel like at the end of the day, most of my goals I even had when I first got into music, if there even were any, were pretty much what I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. So I feel like the rest is just bonus. Yeah, that's a good way to be at, especially at the age age of 21, to be fair. And I definitely still have a lot in me and a lot to to prove and, and show and a lot of ideas in my head that I can't wait to show people. But I definitely am happy knowing that I get to wake up or will be happy knowing I can wake up and yeah. you know, get to do. And like last... Last thing I just Whatever. want to touch on there, and as you were saying, with the, the artists you've gotten to work with and even maybe chat with and, you know, even produce with, like LA at the moment, it seems no matter what genre you're looking at, and I know I mentioned, like, whether it's pop rock or even as I was saying, if you look at, say, someone like a huge idol of mine would be Travis Barker, my favorite, my favorite band happens to be Blink, but, like, you look at what he's doing, the artists he's working how creative he's been, how diverse the genres he's working with are. And then, like, as you said, like you're getting the opportunity then to work with bands, artists, Oliver Tree you're doing work with. Like, how exciting of a place is it even at the moment from LA's point of view? Like, creative-wise, it seems to be, like, it seems to be absolutely buzzing. Yeah, it's the best thing ever to me. I mean, especially because I find myself always getting bored of, of genres and different sounds, so... The fact that we're basically living in like the most genreless time kind of ever, you know, like people are throwing, you know, all these type of, you know, old rock drums over hip hop and hip hop over electronic music and everything's just getting this, it's this crazy like mixed bag of like all of our favorite music. And I think it's a really crazy time. Yeah. And it's very exciting to be a part of because yeah. there just well, doesn't feel like any rules. There's just no rules. And it's almost like more, less rules, the better. Yeah. A hundred percent. I definitely do think kind of crossovers and genres and collabs with artists you wouldn't normally see. Because and I think, yeah, it's like the modern day music listener. Yeah. We're all listening to all types of stuff. You yeah. Know? I definitely do think, especially with the younger generation, they're a bit more diverse than what maybe it would have been in the past where it would have been, I'm into classic rock, I'm into ballads, I'm into this, and I'm going to stick to that and just ha enjoy the artists that are glued to that genre. Well, now whether it's like you're seeing like crazy kind of collabs and to think back 
what was it, 10, 15 years ago when Jay-Z and Linkin Park first came together, people were like, what? How can a rapper get to be- go with well, some new metal band? That, that that can't be the case. But now yeah, every week on YouTube or Spotify, you see a, a rock artist maybe collabing with a DJ or a hip-hop artist or you even get rappers now going into punk rock and vice versa. It's just as I said, it is, it's a very exciting time for music and I definitely think like it is, it's definitely one that can be capitalized on um, for the better, which is good to see and good to hear as well. And absolutely just how I finish these podcasts and most, most uh, guests do dread it. I just do a quick fire questions, nothing too incriminating. So don't, you don't have to worry about cool. that, but yeah, first thing that comes to your mind, uh, feel free to share. And um, we've had no, no bad line. Well, we actually had a, had plenty of bla- bad language, but we've had no answers that have needed to be edited out. So you should be should be okay. But nothing too bad. <laughs> so your favorite <laughs> film of all time? Favorite what? Favorite movie? Ooh, Interstellar. Ooh, good one. Looking forward to Christopher Nolan Tenets coming out. He's yes, yeah, me too. Looks good. So excited. I think that actually comes out. I think it's coming out sooner here than it is in America. It's coming out in like two weeks here. I just saw like Travis Scott just posted something about it. I think he may have something to do with it. That gets me excited even more about it. I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah. ooh. I think he actually could have a song or something on. I think I read that as well um, or something like that. But what's the next one? Sorry, your what is your ideal breakfast? Ooh, waffles. Waffles and syrup. You're a waffles guy, the not best. a pan- pancake guy? I like pancakes, but there's something about waffles that's just a little bit more. I like more of a crunch. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what it is. It must be that. I, I, I respect both, but I'd be more of a pancakes man, but I, I do. I, I get I where you're coming you. from. Both great choices. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so from a location point of view, this is an LA question. Santa Monica, Venice, or Hollywood? Which place do you prefer the most? All for different reasons. It's like, uh, it's tough because I live in the Hollywood and I like, I love like the hills because I feel like secluded in like almost in like a forest. Mm. But I would say like Santa Monica is like so sick too. Like the beach, if you want to go to the beach, like that's the vibe. But I'm honestly not much of a beach person. So weirdly, I feel like I fit in with Hollywood more. I'm going to say Hollywood. Yeah. No, it's weird. Like I, I've been to LA a few times and it's most people you find at the beach are, are tourists or else they're people yeah. who just... In. And it's like, where, where are all the locals? Like, they're inside. They don't, they don't get burnt. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's a fair point. And what is the one thing that annoys you the most? Like, what's your pet hate? That's tough. Honestly, I'm just really freaked out of, like, small spaces. I'm pretty claustrophobic. So I feel like if I'm, like, cramped in the really back seat or, like, really small elevator... I get kind of freaked out, but I guess it doesn't really it's make not, me the most mad because I think I've gotten pretty good at kind of dealing with it. Yeah, <laughs> I just just breathe, which is a great, <laughs> which is a great life lesson for pretty much anything. Just take yeah, some just deep breathe. breaths and just, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Well, I guess I have like a lot of like. It's funny. I have like a lot of like collaboration. The more and more like collaboration, like pet peeves, kind of funny. Like working with different producers, they kind of like range up because you see so many different types of people and different yeah. things people do like sometimes get on your nerves but 
I don't know. I think it's pretty hard to get on my nerves, honestly. I'm usually pretty chill. Okay. That's, I'm sure if there's any trolls, internet trolls, they're probably licking their lips. being like, we'll see about that. Yeah. On the next YouTube, next YouTube, <laughs> YouTube video. I won't, I won't encourage them. So I guess that's true. Comments yeah. are mean. Yeah, they're shit. Trolls will get you. Good. Yeah. For every one troll, there's 10 sound people who are nice. So That's true. It evens out. And that's true. What is your favorite song of all time? I feel like it's a Daft Punk song. It's a Daft Punk. It's either Around the World or or uh, One More Time, weirdly. I feel like I just there's something about those songs I can just like never get sick of. Yeah, I think it might have that. to be Around the World. That song just holds like such a special place in my heart for getting me into electronic music when I was younger and just like it's just so like fun. I don't know. There's no real like yeah, there's like nothing too serious to be taken about it, but when you listen to it, it like sounds so serious. I don't know. No, I agree. It's one of those songs that when it comes up on a, a playlist or whatever, people won't be clicking right for the next song. Most, no matter who it is, you're, you're it's like it play. yeah, it's like the amazing like repetitive nature. Yeah, exactly. And what fashion trend do you just not guess or understand? I'm not a big. I'm not really into a, what is it like? I don't know. I guess I'm just not really like a big sandals person, <laughs> which is weird, I guess. But a, lot, I don't know. a lot of that, a lot of that around LA. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's such a, a big lot. thing. That's kind of why I had, to, I feel like I had to take a little jab at something that something major, <laughs> something, some people are like, what? You don't like sandals. Like I, everyone loves sandals. It's like, I don't know. Something about them. I just feel like. Some like we some weirder sandals. I'm just not really that into. Yeah, you don't trust them. Too you don't trust the sandals. Yeah. Too. <laughs> no. Who, who wants to see toenails in two o'clock? No, in the that's afternoon? what I'm saying. Like, just put some <laughs> shoes on. Like. Yeah. No, I actually I was traveling. <laughs> I was traveling a few weeks ago to Europe on holiday, and the guy sitting beside me had sandals on, and his toenails were re- like they were yellow. They were like Homer Simpson yellow. Oh, and I had to that's a no see go. them. Yeah, I had to see them in the corner of my eyes for two and a half hours. Sorry, it wasn't pleasant. It wasn't pleasant at all. <laughs> so I, I, I can relate to your um, yeah, disagreement towards sandals. <laughs> yeah. And last but not least, sum yourself up in three words. Future, weird, loving. Future, weird, and loving. I've heard a yes. lot worse. I think that yeah. is me. I'm pretty weird. I know that. I'm very loving. And I just, I'm about the future. Yeah. I'm about it. Yeah. There's a lot to be excited about with the future. I'm also about the present. I, I love living, being in the present moment, but I think I have a futuristic present mind. Good stuff. I guess. It's weird, but. No, no. Well, then that ties, that ties into the weird. Exactly. So. It ties, it per- <laughs> perfectly ties back into it. Well, yeah, no, that pretty much wraps it up on my end. So it goes without saying thanks a million for taking time out um, of, of your schedule. I know obviously you've been busy with the with the prep for the album and on behalf of me and the rest of the listeners, we can't wait to hear it. Um, also with the single coming out, whatever that may be in a few weeks' time, I'm looking forward to hearing that as well. And as I said, like it's hopefully going to be a long, long journey for you and I'm, I'm very much looking forward to seeing what the future holds, especially considering you stuck that word in you sum yourself up in three words the future hopefully you'll be yeah the right one well thank you richie no I worries we listen all the best and thanks a million for coming on of course i hope you have a great rest of the day and yeah
I hope everyone listening also has a great rest of their day.